0: We're very happy and honored this morning to have to, to have Pastor Cale Brighton. Britton. Cale Britton, he's a Brit. I gotta remember that. No. <laughs> have Pastor Cale uh, with us. Pastor Cale is youth pastor, he is young adults pastor, amongst about twenty probably other things that I've heard about. And so we're excited to have him here to share with us this morning. And so Pastor Cale, come on up and let's all stand and welcome Pastor Kale. Amen. Thank you, thank you. Come on, can you just give it up for Jesus for just a moment? Come on, like he's good and like he's worthy. So, so good to be in the presence of God. Awesome, you guys can have your seat. I know this, I'm so convinced that a church, a house who knows the presence of God knows how to worship, amen? And uh, just a few moments ago in the midst of our worship, it was so good just to be with Jesus. It was so good to be in his presence. It reminds me, there's a scripture that says that the Lord is looking upon the earth, trying to find a place to rest. And I believe that he rests in a place that he trusts. Amen. And what's good about that is that the Bible says that he's enthroned upon the praises of his people. And do you know this, the position of being enthroned is a position of sitting. A position of being enthroned is a position of rest. So when we worship, Jesus actually finds a place of rest in our worship. How good is that today? Come on. Well, hey, my name is Kale. If we haven't had the honor to meet yet, um, thank you guys for, for taking a moment and, and saying hi to everybody after the experience. And um, really, I believe that I have a word from God for you today. Can you say amen? amen? Hey, don't be afraid to shout back at me. I don't mind. I won't get scared and run off the stage, I promise. And uh, so really, today, we've been in a series that you guys started last week called Vision and Values. And I just want to take a moment. I want to honor Pastor Tim back there, Pastor Steve and Carol. And and can you give it up for your pastors like you love them? Come on. And so it's so good to be on a, a platform, not just a platform, but a platform of legacy. And so I don't take this lightly, and I'm so excited for the transition that God has orchestrated for New Life to be with Jesus Church. And I just want you to know that we have open arms. Amen. And so, all that to be said, this series that we've been in, really, we're just preparing for a season of transition. And so, a season of transition without the anointing can be a little bit difficult. How many of you know that when you're a part of a house or a ministry that has the anointing, there's some things that might be difficult, but you get under the anointing and things become easy? Amen. It's so interesting because the anointing is symbolic of oil, right? And if you have ever felt oil, it makes things slippery. It makes things pass through. If there's any mechanics in the house, you know you can't run your car very long without some oil. Oil makes things smooth, and I really believe this. God has anointed a specific transition with anointing. It'll make it smooth and it'll be blessed. And so anyways, so excited to be here. Just short five or six weeks, you guys will be with us at Jesus Church. And all that to be said, our mission at Jesus Church, it's so simple. We exist to point people to Jesus. Come on, that's our heart, that's our mission, that's what we pour everything into, is existing to point people to Jesus. Listen, we don't carry the weight, we don't carry the burden of acting like we have to bring our whole city to Jesus. No, we serve our city knowing that Jesus will bring the increase, amen? And so really, there's three ways that we do that. The first way, we know God. How many of you guys know that when you know God, life gets better? I'm not saying that life is going to get easier, but you know that you serve a God who is faithful, who will see you through to the other side. And so we know God. There's something so special, not just being about in the presence of somebody, but being in the presence of somebody that you know. There's, 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 there's a faith to faith and a glory to glory that we get to experience in the presence of Jesus. And how many of you know something that I love about serving God is that there's a little bit of mystery about serving him. There's a little bit of mystery about not knowing what is your next step, but knowing this, that if I walk in faith, Jesus will be right there. And so I'm believing all of this over this transition. Second way is that we grow together. How many of you know that a church that is separated is, first of all, a very hard church to pastor, but a church that is separated is a church that's hard to get things actually done? And so today, uh, I'm going to touch a little bit on that, but I'll save that for just a moment. The last ways we go and we make a difference. Man, what's serving Jesus by only being in his house but not making a difference outside the doors? Come on, what's serving Jesus, being faithful to his house? But once you get outside, you're too shy to speak his name. And so I am believing this, that there's still boldness on this earth. I'm believing that there's still faithfulness of the Holy Spirit, that he'll lead you and speak to you and tell you people to speak to. Amen. And so really, I want to preach to you such a simple sermon as last week, you started off the, 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 the core values this week. The core value that we'll be teaching on is people, are our passion come on say that to your neighbor. say people are our passion come on it's so good and, and what I love about serving Jesus is that you don't just fall in love with him but how many of you know that when you actually get to serve Jesus you you love people just a little bit more have y'all ever found it a little bit difficult to love people <laughs> hey if we're being honest today just be real hey I know this, and, and, and I'm, hoping, I'm hoping Pastor Steve and Pastor Tim and, and some of you guys who serve as volunteers can back me up on this, that even though you really might love people, there will be times. Come on, I'm just going to leave it there. Say amen. And so people really are, are passionate at Jesus' church. and. It's important because Volusia County, I'm going to share just a few statistics with you today. Usually when I preach, I don't give a whole lot of statistics, but I believe that within this sermon, it's so important that we understand our city. So Volusia County, it's home to about 565,000 people. And if statistics are accurate, it says that 51% of those people, they don't attend a church So that means that over half the people that you pass by on your daily basis when you're going to Publix or you're about to go get some Chick-fil-A, half the people that you meet probably don't go to a church. And if you're anything like me, that makes me passionate for people. That makes me realize, my goodness, I might be passing somebody that might not live tomorrow and if they don't know Jesus. And so what's so special about waking up every day and breathing is knowing this, that God's not finished with us. Come on, if you woke up today, I don't care your circumstance, your age, what generation you come from, what family you've come from, if you've woken up today and you have breath inside of your lungs, that means Jesus is still at work in your life. And I'm not saying it's easy to believe it, but what I'm saying is when you step in faith and say, Jesus, you're not finished because there must be more. There's something so special about being childlike in your faith. I was talking with some people a few days ago, and, uh, and I said, Something the Lord is teaching me lately is that when he blesses me or I step into a new season, I've began just to ask him, Lord, is there more? And that can sound a little interesting because you're like, man, you just got a blessing. The Lord just did something phenomenal in your life. But it's not that I'm not happy with what he had given me or blessed me with. It's just that curiosity, like, Lord, is there more to this? Is there something that I don't see but you see? And so as we walk in this this idea that we're passing people who may not know Jesus, according to research done in 2015, it says... Daytona Beach was the second, the 22nd most unchurched city in America. And then just two years later, Lifeway Research said that central Florida, this is including Melbourne, Orlando, and then Daytona Beach, it moved up to the ninth most unchurched area in all America. And that's important to know today because if we're going to be a church that's united, if we're going to be a church that's passionate about people, we have to know this, that when we see somebody, they're not just another number. That when we see somebody, that they're a soul. That when we see somebody, they could be invited to church and have an encounter with Jesus. And so sometimes it can be awkward. Sometimes it can be interesting to invite somebody to church. But do you know this? When you take a step of faith and just speak the word, that you're planting a seed? Come on, do you believe that today? So Jesus, church, we're committed to people. And so I say this from the perspective of somebody who gets to serve alongside our pastoral staff. And I just want you to know this today, that we're committed to people. And so Jesus Church, we're committed to being a place where lost people, they can find hope in Jesus. There's plenty of things that you can find in Jesus. Am I okay to come down if I decide to? Okay, there's some things that you can find in Jesus, but when you find hope in Jesus, you begin to realize, my goodness, there's so much more than I thought. It's okay, I want to live another day. It's okay, I want to see the moment where my grandkids come to fruition and graduate college. When you find hope in Jesus, sometimes you can find that in your heart. But a lot of times it's linked to a place in his presence, amen? And so I want us to hop into the text today. Does anybody love the word of God? Amen. And so as I read this text, it's going to be out of Luke chapter 8, and I really want us to hone in on this idea, this thought, I'm going to take a risk and just, just share this thought of Jesus was committed to people. So what the Bible says. Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him for they were all expecting him. Jesus a lot of the times would travel ministry trips and he would travel because somebody was in need, he would travel to visit a certain person and in this particular time and many times when Jesus had traveled, he was pressed by a crowd. People weren't just trying to get to know who he was but they were just curious of who this man these stories these things that they've heard about this man named jesus and finally they get word that he might be coming to their city and so this crowd is pressing around jesus because they were expecting him and then a man named jairus look at your neighbor say jairus He was a synagogue leader and he came and he fell at the feet of Jesus. Come on, let me paint this picture today, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12 years, was dying. Can I set the scene today? In the midst of so much, I'm definitely okay to come down? Okay, In, in, in the midst of this despair, in the midst of all that Jesus is doing, he's pressing. He's pressing through this crowd and all of a sudden, a man who is desperate for a miracle named Jairus comes and falls at the feet of Jesus. I don't know if any of you are parents of an only child, but I know this, I have a younger brother, but before my younger brother came along, listen, my parents loved me a lot. Listen, they still loved me when my little brother came, but I'm saying when you have an only child, you love that child. And listen, this was a dad and a daughter. He fell at the feet of Jesus. Jairus, so desperate for a healing miracle. He he didn't know Jesus. He was familiar with his coming, and he knew that if anybody could save my daughter, it would be Jesus. So he fell at the feet of Jesus, begging, imploring Jesus, would you just so maybe help me heal the daughter? Then the woman comes out of nowhere. This woman, she had an issue with blood, and she was dealing with this issue of bleeding for about 12 years. Y'all have probably heard this text before, but we know this, that nobody could heal her. And she came up behind Jesus and she touched the hem of his garment, touched his cloak and immediately she was healed. The bleeding had stopped. So all of a sudden, I can't even imagine, can I just set the scene for you today? Jesus is looking at Jairus as he fell before Jesus, and all of a sudden, Jesus felt power come out behind him. And he realized it was the woman with the issue. The text later on tells us that the woman had identified herself. But I want you to just think about this thought for a moment, Jesus looking at Jairus, but noticing something behind him. I know this, that Jesus was committed to people. Do you realize that there are some people and there are some places that don't give people the time of day? (laughs) Have y'all been to the DMV before? (laughs) Listen, you, you don't go to the DMV expecting Jesus Church quality or New Life quality. Listen, you go to the DMV hoping to find a chair to sit in, that's comfy. You're hoping that your ticket doesn't melt in your hand because it's been sitting there so long. Jesus looking at Jairus but sensing something from behind. If you know anything about Jesus's ministry, it was full of interruptions. It's almost as if every single time Jesus had an encounter with somebody, it was an interruption. And so this scene has been set. The woman has been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She touched the hem of his garment and immediately out of nowhere, she stopped bleeding. Do you realize because this woman was unclean that she risked it all? She wasn't even supposed to be in a crowd, let alone touching a priest, let alone touching a garment. But she risked it all because she had faith. Woman immediately gets healed. And all while this is happening, I can't help this thought that Jairus is sitting at the feet of Jesus, thinking that his daughter might pass away thinking that there's a time limit on the presence of God, thinking that there's a time limit on the healing power of Jesus. So Jesus asked this question. He says, who touched me? And Jesus asked, and they all denied it. And Peter said, hey, look, Jesus, I, I completely, and it's funny because Peter's the one who always likes to speak up just a little bit. He's like, Jesus, I understand you thought somebody touched you, but I actually think there's a lot of people touching you because we're in the midst of a crowd. The crowd is pressing against you, but Jesus looks back and he says, no, you don't get it, somebody touched me. I know that power has gone forth out of me. And so watch this. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at Jesus' feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she's been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well, go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, I can't help myself but think of this scripture. While Jesus was still speaking. So interruption number three, he's sitting there and he's looking at Jairus, the man who first interrupted him. He's touched again by somebody from the back. Interruption number two, number three, Jesus was still speaking and somebody came up to him and said, Jairus, your daughter's dead. I can't imagine the jealousy, I can't imagine the despair that he might be feeling, realizing that he felt it. listen, Jairus got to Jesus first. If I'm first in line, I wanna make sure that I'm first to receive what I get. But he was believing in faith that if I can just get to Jesus, if I can just get to the feet of Jesus, I will see a healing in my daughter but he watched somebody else get their miracle first. See, Jesus didn't necessarily overlook the person. He didn't overlook Jairus, he didn't overlook the women, but he made sure that even though he was already trying to go somewhere else, he still looked at the one. He was committed to people, he was passionate about people because he realized the people that he was serving, he had something that they needed. He had something that they were looking for. And so that one phrase, I just imagine it, it, it broke Jairus. That one phrase, your daughter is dead. He didn't even get to see her last moments. He was trying to get to Jesus and see if he could have a miracle from God, a healing miracle from God. And in the midst of this, not even professionally said it, it was just a moment of Jesus being cut off and saying, hey, Jairus, your daughter's dead. Just when you think it couldn't get any worse, this one phrase comes out again. One of the men said to him, don't bother the teacher anymore. It was almost as if when Jairus fell at the feet of Jesus, as if it was worth nothing. The man said, don't even bother. Do you realize today that when you walk with Jesus, there will be some people that say, hey, don't even bother anymore. Do you realize that sometimes when you're not passionate about people, that sometimes when you get offended, that sometimes when your passion for people has diminished, not because you don't love God, but because you have a hard time loving people, there are times where you begin to think that people are bothersome. And do you realize that people can't be bothersome and you can't be passionate about them at the same time? He said, don't bother the teacher anymore. Don't bother Jesus. There's no use in it. There's, your daughter's already dead. Just get home to bury her. That one phrase, I just imagine Jairus being broken, just being completely lost. The passion that he had for Jesus to come heal his daughter is completely gone. I want you to know this today. You are never bothersome to Jesus. I think that sometimes because we maybe come to the Lord a whole lot about almost everything that you can begin to think that he doesn't wanna hear it anymore. I believe this scripture right here proves to us that we're not bothersome to Jesus. That even though we might come to him, repetition over and over again saying, Jesus, I need you to work a miracle in my life, you're not bothersome to Jesus. And do you realize if you're not bothersome to Jesus, people can't be bothersome to you. You got to be passionate. Jesus is passionate about his relationship with you. And so, if he's passionate about that relationship, you have to be passionate about your relationship with people, no matter who they are, no matter what they believe, no matter their circumstances. And so, Jesus, hearing this, he said to Jairus, Don't be afraid, just believe, and she'll be healed. Don't be afraid just believe. I love how Jesus, in the midst of all these stories that you hear in the gospel, there's always a moment where Jesus speaks back to the person that has no faith. He says, hey, I understand this person is saying don't bother because they're scared, but Jesus is saying just believe. Just take a moment and believe. Don't be scared. This shows me today that your fear, that the spirit of fear, that whatever fear you may be carrying can't coexist in the same realm as faith. And so when you walk this journey with Jesus, as we navigate this transition of you guys joining Jesus Church, know this. There might be some things that are awkward. There might be a learning transition. There might be some situations that you have to walk through. But know this. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Just believe that God's gonna guide every single moment of this. Listen, if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write this down. If people are your passion, fear can't be your crutch. If you're passionate about people, you can't be scared to speak to them. If you're passionate and you believe, listen, some of us don't even ask God. No, you know, like, "Ah, God, I'm not gonna ask you to, to show me somebody to speak to because I don't even want to speak to nobody. And listen, I'm standing on this platform saying that, but there's been moments in my life where I'm like, Lord, I just want to crawl on my bed and go to bed and go to sleep and not talk to nobody, but I know this, if I'm on mission and if I'm passionate about Jesus, I have to be passionate about people. And so when he arrived at the house, Jairus, He did not let anybody go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. It's interesting that Jesus didn't bring everybody in with him. You've heard it before that you have to be careful about the faith that you bring into a place, that you have to be careful that when you step into a realm and it's faith-filled room and there's faith, you have to be careful of the people that you bring in there to pray. Because if Jesus is saying, don't be afraid, just believe, you need to link arms with some people that are saying, I'm going to believe right there with you. I'm going to see God come through in the way that he says he is. Because how many of you believe that God is a man of his word? Amen. And so they step into this room. Meanwhile, all the people were crying. They were mourning for her. And Jesus says, stop crying. She's not dead, but she's asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead, but he took her by the hand and said, my child, get up. And her spirit returned to her, and at once she stood up. See, Jesus was constantly interrupted. Jesus was constantly interrupted. There were so many moments in the ministry of Jesus where he was going to some place, but he got stopped in the middle. And never once do we see Jesus get frustrated. Never once do we see Jesus get frustrated with a person because they stopped him, because they were in need of something he had. Listen, you have to realize this today, that when you step into faith with Jesus and you believe that the Holy Ghost is inside of you, you believe that God posits his Holy Spirit inside of you, you have to believe this, that when I walk, people can interrupt me because I have something they need. You ever been in a store before? And, and you need something, but you can't find it? You Man, y'all ever been in Home Depot? I know this is a rule. You're not allowed to ask nobody. If you're a man and you pull up to Home Depot, you're not allowed to ask anybody, no associate where anything is. It don't matter how long it takes. You could be there for three days. You're gonna find it. But when you know that somebody has something you need, it's a simple question. And so... Maybe some of you, you genuinely are passionate for Jesus, but you have a hard time loving people. And I'm not saying that's bad. That's okay. That's okay because Jesus is working on all of us, amen? But there has to be a realization that if Jesus was so kind to deposit his spirit inside of me, I have to overflow into other people's lives. So Jesus was committed to a ministry of interruptions, and not one time did he complain. Not one time did he get frustrated when people stopped him. In fact, Jesus knew the rhythm to life. Jesus knew that he would be interrupted because the call of God on his life. So there might have been moments where he was interrupted, and he may not have genuinely enjoyed it, but watch this, Jesus knew when to pull away. Do you realize it's so easy to be frustrated with people when you're so busy that you have no time for Jesus? That's the cycle that's so easy to fall into because you're so busy with kids and work and maybe ministry, serving on a team here, and you forget that Jesus actually is waiting for you. Maybe if you just woke up a little bit earlier, he'd be waiting. Maybe if you just took time, that he'd be waiting. I always think of it like this. Jesus, if I give you a time, I know you won't fail to be there. Jesus is always waiting. And so it's so easy to fall into the trap of wanting to love people, but forgetting your position as a son or daughter in Christ. And so Jesus had this method of pulling away just to be with God the Father just pulling away into the wilderness or on a mountain, just pulling away just to get in the presence of God so he could be filled. Listen, if Jesus did it, I need it. If Jesus did it, we need it. And so Jesus had this, 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 this kind of thought process where he walked through a crowd slowly. I don't remember the last time that you could just be in a crowd, but not be on mission, just walk through it slowly. Just being able to walk through a crowd slowly and see people that are in need and not walk past people because you're trying to avoid a conversation. I remember, if I'm gonna be honest with you, there are times where I don't like to be interrupted. If I can just confess today, I don't like to be interrupted. There was a, a guy who, who, who uh, he didn't live by our old offices, he was actually homeless, but he loved, he loved to come into Jesus Church offices and say, hey, he'd open up the door to our offices in Daytona as we'd be working, we, we used to have these offices on Orange Ave and all the time people would walk by and they would want to come in, they'd want to say hi and literally some of the first days that we were in this new office, Eddie pulls up, and Eddie's this amazing guy. He doesn't have a home in Daytona, but he has a lot of friends in that area, okay? Like, he ran those streets, okay? And so he came into our offices, and he told us who he was, and in fact, he actually knew the Word of God. He grew up in church, so he knew his Bible, but every single time we'd have a staff meeting, it felt like Eddie would pull up, Eddie would come inside, and as he'd come inside, he wanted to tell us everything about his mom and everything about his, 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 his whole entire neighborhood, his new job, the job that he lost, all these things that he wants to display to us and tell us. And a lot of the times, it felt like it was just an interruption. It was like, we got so much to do. I don't know if I can give this person the time of day because they want my time, but I think my time might be better off used elsewhere. Y'all ever felt like that before? Like you genuinely, you want to give somebody your time, but when you give them your time, you're thinking like, man, I could be doing something else. Y'all ever felt that? And so there were moments where Eddie would step into our offices, into the common area, Maybe he'd want a snack, we always gave him some food and but 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 he really wanted just to speak to somebody who would encourage him. How many of you know that if you can get really good at encouraging people, it's easy to be passionate for them? And so Eddie would always come in and, and it would feel like an interruption. But kind of in hindsight looking back at it, it wasn't an interruption, it was an opportunity. Sometimes God will speak in such a way in which it will feel like an interruption, but it's actually an opportunity for you to step into that level of faith, for you to step into actually loving people and being passionate for the people of God. Amen. And so even though this guy, Eddie, felt like an interruption, I knew it was an opportunity. And, and it was funny because our very last day that we were at those offices, the very last day we're moving everything out and, and we're putting in a U-Haul and he stops by. I remember, I wish we had the photo, but there was a photo that we grabbed with him and, and it was just such a special moment because you realized I won't be seeing Eddie much more moving forward. There's times in your life where you're walking with Jesus and you look back and you're like, Lord, if I just would have known. (laughs) Y'all ever been there? Lord, if I just would have known this is how it would pan out, I would have been so much more intentional. And so I know this, that interruptions, they might be opportunities, and if Jesus is presenting an opportunity to me, I don't want to miss it, amen? And so Jesus, he never let where he was heading keep him from what he was called to. Do you realize today that no matter your circumstances, what your name is, that Jesus has a call on your life? I believe that today that Jesus has a specific call on your life, that Jesus has gifted you in a certain way for you to walk hand in hand. I I, I just wanna say this, there may be some people in the room and you had dreams, but you've given up on those dreams because you feel like they were not good enough, you didn't have the team you needed. Do you know this, when you partnered your dreams with God, that's where the anointing lies. You say, Jesus, this is in my heart. Is it from you? Jesus, I'm passionate for people and I wanna step into this. Is this from you? And so Jesus was was so passionate about people. Here's three ways that Jesus embraced interruptions from people. The first way, he looked. Jesus didn't ever take moments just to overlook somebody. Listen, even when it would have been almost right in that day for him to overlook somebody because they were unclean they were unhealthy he could catch something people could look at him the wrong way and say why are you spending time with those people even in those moments Jesus intentionally looked I think about the the moment where Jairus comes to Jesus and falls at his feet Jesus looks down at Jairus And in the midst of that, somebody grabs the hem of his garment and Jesus doesn't stop until he can look at the person who did that. See, Jesus had a way of looking. And sometimes it's so difficult because we're on mission to go get groceries. We're on mission to go get a coffee but we forget that Jesus was the one who looked. Lord, I just ask right now in this moment that you instill just a moment this week for everybody in the room just to look. Lord, bring the lost in Jesus' name. So Jesus, he looked for people who were hurting because he realized that he had what people were looking for. We all look for a lot of things throughout the day. We look for deals, we look for good food, Listen, any couponers in the house? Listen, you look for deals, you look for good food, you try not to look for the people that you don't wanna talk to, and and listen, in the midst of all of this, when's the last time that we genuinely asked the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, can you lead me today just into a conversation with somebody that I can share the gospel with? Do you realize that the Holy Spirit is not just your comforter, but he's your helper? that you actually get to walk with Jesus, and when you do, he'll point people out. Come on, let's be passionate about people. Here's the hard truth. If you don't want to be interrupted, don't ask God to use you. Sometimes we need a hard truth. Amen, church? Sometimes we need to hear it. We have a cultural phrase at Jesus Church, and you'll hear it when you, when you go to the Welcome to Church party, but it says, if you ain't helping, you ain't helping. And I don't know, I don't know if you're anything like me, but there might have been times where you wanted to say that to somebody. And there may be some times where you need to hear it, but it's so true. If you're not helping, you're not helping. And so so in in the midst of all of this, this hard truth of of if you don't want to be interrupted, you just can't be passionate about people. It's not fun to be interrupted. But if you see interruptions as an opportunity, you become passionate for people. So watch this. 82% of people would come to church if a friend invited them. Those are pretty good stakes to me. If if I had 82% in Las Vegas, I'd probably go. If I had 82% of winning the lottery, I'd probably play it. 82% of people would come and we say church, but think of it in this way. 82% of people that you invite to church would actually get to experience the presence of God. There's some people that it's been too long since they felt the Lord. It's not about feeling, but there's something about his presence that can change people's lives. It's not about feeling, but there's something that when you get into his presence, he completely transforms your life. And so only 2% of Christians even bother to do this. 82% people would say yes, but only 2% actually make that initiation. Listen, I'm saying we're about to be people who are passionate about people. We're going to be known as a people who stop for the one. We're going to be known as people who look at interruptions and we say, no, 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 no. That's an, that's an opportunity. And so 83% of people in churches today, they're there because of a personal invite. Over 80% of people that may be in a room just like this are there because somebody spoke up. Your invitation to church, they could completely change somebody's eternity. Here's the second thing, if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write this down. The second way that Jesus was committed to people is that Jesus listened no matter how many times that Jesus was there and people came to him with the need, Jesus took time and he listened. Do you realize this, that there's power in your ear? There's, there's quite some power in your tongue, but there's power in your ear. When you have the ability to listen to somebody, they'll tell you everything you need to hear. Amen? And, so, and more. That's very true. You're like, oh, like, let's just stop it right there. I don't want to hear it anymore. When you actually begin to listen to people, they'll tell you everything you need. And Jesus actually listened to people and sure enough, they told him more than he needed to know. But Jesus didn't just listen, but he acted in power. Jesus didn't just listen, but if there was a healing that needed to happen, it says that the power of God was with Jesus to heal. So Jesus, he often withdrew himself so that he could handle the weight of people's burdens. Listen, if we're gonna be people who are passionate about seeing the lost saved, we have to know a rhythm to life. We have to know that there is only so long that you can actually sprint. And there's times where you need to get into a community like this, and exchange moments of encouragement, exchange wins to say, hey, you won't believe what happened this week, but this person said yes to Jesus. And when you hear that moment of faith, do you realize that faith begins to stir a room up? And when faith gets stirred in a room, people get passionate about Jesus. And at the same time, they get passionate about people. So Jesus, he always was, was there to listen. And many unbelievers, they do what they do because they feel as though they don't have anybody to talk to. Many people who don't know Jesus, they live the life they live because that's all they can see. They live the life they live because they feel like they don't have anybody that they can talk to. Listen, we must be willing to have an ear. We must be willing just to lend an ear to somebody's. Do you realize this? that Jesus lends an ear to you? How good is that? That Jesus actually wants to hear you speak to him. That Jesus actually wants you, he wants you to speak to him like you're in relationship with him. Do you realize that when you actually grow in relationship with somebody, you can ask them questions that otherwise would feel uncomfortable? That you can go to Jesus with your worries and your concerns? So before you make a judgment against somebody because their behavior, ask this question. How much have I invested in a conversation with them? Worship team, you can join me for a moment. Here's the last one. He looked, Jesus listened, but Jesus also lingered. There was a lingering about Jesus's presence. I even it in this room today that even in the midst, how many of you are thankful that even in the midst of worship, God stays for the preaching of his word. How good is that? That God stays for the preaching of his word. He doesn't just inhabit the praises of his people, but he exists, he lingers. Jesus always took moments and he lingered. Do you realize that in moments where Jesus lingered, that's where he saw God move the most? That when he stopped for the one, and he lended an ear. When Jesus looked, God moved the greatest. On his way to one miracle, he was interrupted by another. Do you realize even when you stop for one, you might have to stop for two? <laughs> oh, that's deep today, Kale. When you stop for one, Jesus might say, hey, do you see them over there? We have to be passionate for people. Nothing we have on our calendar is more important than our call to love people. So. There might be just a moment this week where you realize I might have to clear my calendar for the kingdom of God. There might be some meetings that I have to cancel because I told Jesus that this week I'd be passionate about people and I'm gonna test this thing out and I'm gonna see if I actually can be passionate for God's people. So clear your calendar for the kingdom of God right here. This is my closing screen. And a young man named Eutychus sitting at a window sank into deep sleep as Paul was talking longer. This moment where Paul is preaching and he's preaching on a second story of a building. Y'all have probably heard it before. There's a young man who's in the window and he's falling into deep sleep. And there's always that preacher joke where they're saying, hey, Paul, your, your sermon must have not been that elaborate. It must have not been that crazy. But in the midst of all of this, this young man falls asleep. He doesn't just fall asleep, but he falls out the window. This interruption, I can't imagine an interruption and being overcome by sleep he fell from the third story and was taken up as dead but paul he walked down he bent over him and taking him in his arms he said don't be alarmed for his life is in him and then they took the youth away and he was alive in other words when you embrace interruptions it shows that people are your passion even in the midst of a church setting, even in the midst of of an operation like the kingdom of God, even in the midst of ministry, know this, interruptions, a lot of the times they may not be from God, but God makes an opportunity out of an interruption. So people are our passion and we're called to a ministry of interruptions if we can just linger like Jesus did if we can just take moments throughout our day and linger not just with Jesus but with Jesus and people if we can just look when Jesus says to look if we can just listen when Jesus says to listen so Jesus today we thank you that we get to be passionate for your people Oh, Lord, we don't take this lightly, Jesus. We make room to be passionate for your people, Jesus. So, Lord, we thank you for the anointing over this house. Lord, we thank you for the anointing over this transition. And today, let it just be a day that's marked for some people in the room that they become passionate for the presence of Jesus. So we take a moment and we just linger in your presence today, God. Lord, we take a moment and we just say, we make room for your presence today, Jesus. Lord, before we make a move, let it be you that instructs us this week, God. So Lord, we love you. We linger in this moment in Jesus' name.